We're just going to go directly into the word of the Lord this evening. Uh, I want to turn your attention to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Didn't we have a great time this morning in the house of the Lord? We thankful, we're thankful for the two that were baptized in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Brother Rick, I see you, man. God bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. We thank the Lord for that. And God is so good. God is so good. That's what it's all about. And uh, we're thankful for our Bible quizzers winning first place in their tournament yesterday. Let's give God praise for that. Amen. A lot of, a lot of hard work goes into that. A lot of dedication from both the quizzers and the coaches and their parents. Amen. And that's, a, that's no small task. And we're so grateful for that and are excited about children and young people learning the word of the Lord. Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8. The word of the Lord says this, We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. I want you to notice these words that Paul is writing to the, his, in his second epistle to the church at Corinth. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. So then, death worketh in us, but life in you. We, having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak, knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us also by Jesus and shall present us with you. For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. And I want to preach to you today on the subject, seeing eternal things. Very simply, seeing eternal things. Lord, we love you and thank you for your blessing. We thank you for your word that is so wonderful to us. God, you give us guidance and direction and hope through your word. And I pray today in the name of Jesus that we will receive your word and be edified by it, perfected by it. I pray, God, that you will ordain your word to speak life into our hearts and our minds and into our lives. We pray in the name of Jesus that each and every individual will be touched and challenged and changed by the declaration of your word tonight. Lord, we give you praise in Jesus' name. And everybody said, in Jesus' name, 
Everybody said amen. And amen. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. Thank you for coming tonight. And we're so glad you're here. We're certainly glad that the presence of the Lord is in this place. In the chapter previous to this one, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, just before Paul begins to write as we read, in the verses that we've chosen for our text, he tells about this most amazing occurrence in the Old Testament where that Moses <clears throat> was called by God into the holy mountain. And while in the holy mountain, talking with the Lord, receiving from the Lord, receiving commands from God, receiving instructions from God, Moses presents God with perhaps a very audacious uh, request, if you please. He said, show me thy glory. Show me thy glory. This was an audacious request because no man hath seen God at any time. This was audacious because man cannot perceive in his natural state the things of the Lord. And yet Moses says, Lord, I want you to show me your glory. And the Lord said, if I showed you my glory, it would consume you. You could not receive my glory. It would, it would just looking upon it would utterly consume you. But Moses said, I <clears throat> must see your glory. Oh, that a desperation of that magnitude would grip our hearts when we prayed that we would say, Lord, show us your glory. He said, show me thy glory. And the Lord said, I can't show you my glory. And then I love what he said here. He said, but there is a place beside me in the cleft of the rock. Now we know the rock that followed them. We know that rock was Christ. And so when the Lord said, there is a place beside me in the cleft of the rock, he was actually speaking of the fact that the only way you or I or anybody could ever see the glory of God is to be hidden in Jesus Christ. That's where you will see the glory. You cannot see the glory in your flesh. You cannot see the glory of God with your natural eyes or with your carnal understanding. But when you are hidden in the cleft of the rock, which is Jesus Christ, that's when the glory of God becomes known unto you. That's why we baptize people in Jesus' name. When we baptize people in Jesus' name, we're hiding them in the cleft of the rock. Oh, hallelujah. When we, when we abide in Christ, we are hiding in the cleft of the rock. When we pray over any situation in the name of Jesus Christ, when we do whatsoever we do in word or in deed, doing it all in the name of Jesus Christ. We're doing it to hide ourselves in the cleft of the rock and there and only there can we see the glory of the Lord manifest in our lives. Hallelujah. So God put Moses in the cleft of the rock and Moses is hidden there and the hand of God comes upon his, his face as to cover him. And the glory of the Lord passes before him. I don't even know what all that means. I certainly think that it has to do with the fact that all of the wisdom and all of the power 
in all of the authority of God passed before Moses' face, but it was too much for his natural eyes to perceive it and live. You can't see it and then live in this natural body. And frankly, Moses, I have more for you to do. So I'd prefer you not die up here on this mountain. So I'm going to put my hand over your face and I'm going to pass by. And God passed by and kept his hand over Moses' face. And, and as God was passing by, he just kind of he just kind of lifted his hand and, and, and Moses saw the hinder parts, the Bible says, of the glory of the Lord and the hinder parts of the glory of God. So illuminated Moses' face. It so overtook him. It so overwhelmed him. He was completely taken back by the power that he saw merely in the hinder parts of God. By the glory of the Lord that he witnessed merely in the hinder parts of Almighty God. Oh, glory to God. Oh, hallelujah. Isn't God amazing? Hallelujah. And Moses comes off of the mountain and, and the, his face was so brilliant and so radiant and so vibrant, it was too much for the people to look upon. You know, the Bible says that when Saul was on his way to to kill Christians, he was on the road to Damascus, and there was a light that was shining above the brightness of the sun. And that was a light that knocked him down off of his, I like to call it his high horse. And when he, when he did, it, it actually was so bright that it blinded him. That's the light of the glory of God. Oh, hallelujah. And I'm, I'm going to read to you 2 Corinthians chapter 4, a part here in verse number Three, if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. Lest the light, there it is, the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Hallelujah. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants, for Jesus' sake, for God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. That is what lit up Moses' face. The light of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. He had seen the hinder parts of the glory of God. The whole counsel of God passed before his face. And he saw merely the residue of that glory. And it so illuminated him. It so made him effervescent. That when he came down amongst the people. They could not bear to look upon him. And they took a veil and draped it over his face and said, we can't even look upon your face because of the brilliance and the radiance, the glory that is emanating from your face. Now, the apostle Paul was telling the church at Corinth, he said, listen, I got to tell you something. That's what happened back in the, in the Old Testament when Moses came down off of that mountain. The glory of God was so bright and so brilliant and so wonderful that they had to put a veil over his face. And people could not, could not bear to look upon the glory of God. He said, but the problem is, they have never removed the veil. The veil is still covering the brilliance and the radiance and the glory of God. 
But he said that veil was done away in Jesus Christ. See, that veil over Moses' face wasn't the only veil that covered up the glory of God. There was a veil in the tabernacle. And this veil separated the inner court from the most holy place. And this inner court contained a table of showbread. It contained an altar of incense. It contained seven golden candlesticks. But just beyond this veil, similar to the veil that covered Moses' face, just beyond that veil was the holy of holies. It was the most holy of all places. This is where the mercy seat was sat. This is where the glory of God would fall from heaven. This is where fire would fall from heaven and consume the blood. Hallelujah. It would happen in the holiest of all places. The mystery of God was on full display in that holy uh, holies. And the Bible says there was a veil. But thank God when Jesus gave up the ghost, when Jesus had shed his precious blood, when Jesus had paid it all, when Jesus had laid himself down, oh, hallelujah, the veil was rent in the temple revealing that holy place. And I've come to tell somebody tonight, in your natural self, you can't see the glory of God. In your natural self, you can't handle the things of God. In your carnal nature, you cannot perceive the things of God. But there is no obstruction to you entering the holy of holies. There is no obstruction to you entering into the glory of God and looking upon the power and the wonder. Hallelujah. Isaiah said, unto us a child is given, unto us a son is born, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And the first thing he said was that his name shall be called Wonderful. I want to remind you today who God is. He is the Wonderful. That means he is full of wonder. And I don't know how long you've lived for him, but he's still full of wonder. And I don't know how much you know about him, but he's still full of wonder. And I don't know if you've eaten of the showbread, but he's, he's, he's more wonderful than anything you've already experienced. And if you live for him for the rest of your life, and when you've been there 10,000 years, bright shining as the sun, he is one continual unfolding glory. He is world without end. Hallelujah. His ways are past fire. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The real challenge is getting people to, to somehow lay down their carnal man, their carnal nature. They are bound by what they see in the natural, bound by what they look upon in this world, by what they see with the physical eyes. And the writer said, don't look upon things with your natural eyes. Because those things are temporal. Hallelujah. But the things which are not seen are eternal. I remember when I first got a nicer car. You know, you're always skimping and scrapping and trying to get by. And I remember that day that I got a nicer car. And I, and I remember looking out in the driveway the night that I got it. And I just thought, I like looking at that sitting out there. And I felt the Lord speak to me and say, it's going to be a rust bucket in just a few years. It may look nice right now, 
but it's not going to look nice long. That's the way it is with everything you can see with your natural eyes. These things are temporal. These buildings, they dilapidate. Even these bodies are corruptible. And these magnificent automobiles, if you go to the automobile show, you can go down there and you can ooh and ah all you want, but it's temporal. It's going to fade. He said, do not build for yourselves treasures upon this earth where moth and rust corrupt but oh thank God build up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not corrupt and where thieves do not break through and steal hallelujah is something about seeing the eternal glory and power of almighty God and there is no obstruction there is no veil the veil is done away in Jesus Christ and so the Reality, ladies and gentlemen, is you have a corruptible body. I have a corruptible body. Every day, our bodies are corrupting a little bit more. Until that time when, as Paul said in our text, at that time when this outward man will perish. But don't let the inward man perish with the outward man. Don't tie yourself. To what's happening in this outward man. This outward man is on a slow decline. Is in a, is in a gradual decline. But the inward man is renewed day by day. And that's how a saint of God can have joy in the midst of sorrow. That's how a saint of God can have peace in the midst of the storm. That's how a saint of God can have joy unspeakable. See, it is unspeakable that when somebody comes and and asks you and, and says to you, this doesn't make any sense that you would have joy when you're going through what you're going through. And you're trying to describe it. And everything you're saying is falling short. You want to know why we talk in tongues when we worship God? It's because we have exhausted the words that we can use to describe the greatness and the glory and the grandeur of God. We've called him wonderful, but he's more wonderful than wonderful. We've called him magnificent, but he's more magnificent than magnificent. We've called him marvelous, but he's more marvelous than marvelous. He's greater than great. There's some things only God can say about himself so God says give me your tongue and I'll praise me through you let me use your vessel to describe my greatness and to describe my glory hallelujah I want you to know ladies and gentlemen he's a mighty God I said he is a mighty holy excellent worthy wonderful God And he should be praised according to his greatness. Great is the Lord. And greatly to be praised. Hallelujah. According to thy name, so is thy praise. And his name is great. His name is so great. And so we praise him according to the power of his name. God forbid that those who have been washed in the blood of the Lamb would start getting their eyes on things temporal. God forbid that those who have been filled with the Holy Spirit would begin to get their eyes on things that will pass away. God forbid that those who have looked into the eternities would begin to become distracted by things that are temporary. 
God forbid. And it is possible. You say, how is it even possible? It is possible because you have a corruptible body. And your corruptible body is pulling on your invisible man. That outward man is pulling on the inward man. Trying to drag the inward man down into the temporary nature of the outward man. Don't let it happen. Keep the inward man strong. Hallelujah. I said keep the inward man strong. Now, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump, the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible. When this corruptible has taken on incorruption and when this mortal shall have taken on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your sting? O grave, where is your victory the sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law but thanks be to God who hath given us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ therefore my beloved brethren be steadfast unmovable always abounding in the work of the Lord what he's telling you is when the trumpet sounds there should only be one thing that needs to change and that's the outward man the inward man shouldn't need any changing by that point You've got, to, you've got to let God so work on you that the only changing that needs to go on is the corruptible take on incorruption. My soul and my spirit need to be ready. I said my soul and my spirit need to be ready. My attitude needs to be right. My mind needs to be fixed. Hallelujah. My, my priorities need to be straight. The only thing that needs working on by that point is... Uh, this can't go to heaven like this. This thing is falling apart every day. I got a pain in my back right now. Lord have mercy. Stumbling around in the morning, trying to get my eyes open. Aches and pains. I'll be 40 in June and it seemed like they're multiplying. But, but, but you hear me, this body's going to perish or it's going to be resurrected. Either way, it's the only part of me that should need changing. Hallelujah, Lord, fix my attitude. Fix my spirit. Get my soul right with you. Hallelujah, I'm going to pray. Hallelujah, until I am perfected in his sight. I'm going to worship. Hallelujah, until my attitude is approved by God. You hear what I'm saying? saying be not conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God present your bodies a living sacrifice and don't let the outward man pull on the inward man until the inward man is 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 following the direction of the outward man. It can happen. The corruptible nature can have an effect upon the inward man. Keep your eyes on things eternal. 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 You can't do that in your flesh. You can't do that if you're listening to carnal thoughts. Carnal philosophies. Carnal ideas. Carnal talk shows, carnal sitcoms, 
carnal conversations, carnal jokes, carnal movies, carnal music. Have I stepped on your toes yet? Because I'm trying to get everybody. I'm trying, I'm trying to stomp all around this building right now. And I'm, I'm, looking for, I'm looking for feet that are still out in the aisle. You hear? I'm trying to step on somebody's toes to say, stop looking at what's going to pass away and get your eyes on things eternal. Look into the face of Jesus Christ. Look into the glory of God. Look into the heavens. Pray until the heavens open up. I said pray until the heavens open up. Hallelujah. Who do you think wrote this Bible? I'll tell you, this Bible wasn't written just by ancient people who lived a long time ago and had some things to say about God. No, this Bible was written by holy men of old who spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. They saw into the eternities. They heard the voice of God. People who just wanted to write about God, they didn't make it into this thing. Those who wanted to philosophize, those who wanted to theorize, those who wanted to hypothesize, those who wanted to add their conjecture, their opinion, their speculation, or their sermon, they didn't make it. It was those who saw it and heard it. That's who wrote this book. As they were moved, Hakamoshiah, by the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. It was written by people like Jacob who laid his head down on a rock that he used for a pillow. And the heavens opened up. And the ladder was, was stretched out from the heavens to the earth. And I want to tell you that the ladder is still stretched out from the heavens to the earth. If you haven't seen it, I suggest you see it in prayer. I suggest you repent. Let the old man die again. Hallelujah. Pray fast. Worship. Praise God until you see the ladder Jacob saw and get up on that ladder and climb it rung by rung and enter into the glory of God. Hallelujah. It was written by people it was about people who, 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 who heard him say, I want to show you the things which shall be hereafter. Abraham, look up into the sky. You see the stars? So shall your seed be. Do you see the sands by the seashore? So shall your seed be. Moses, I am. The great I am. I'm giving you my name, Yahweh. Which is different than what Abraham, Isaac, or Jacob even understood. It is, a, it is a more personal understanding of me even than Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob had. Here it is, Moses. Yahweh. Hallelujah. Jehovah. I am. The great I am. It was written by people like Gideon. Hallelujah, who was down by a wine press, threshing wheat by the wine press. 
Hallelujah. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him. And called him by a name that nobody had ever called him. Nobody ever called him this. But the angel called him by the name God used for him. He said, Gideon, you mighty man of valor. Oh, I like that. His mom didn't call him that. His dad didn't call him that. His friends at school didn't call him that. His co-workers didn't call him that. His spouse didn't call him that. But when he heard, hallelujah, the voice of God. That's what God called him, you mighty man of valor. That's why you need to tune out of what everybody else is calling you. And you need to turn off what this world is saying about you. And you need to tune in to what God says about you. Because what they say about you, that is their opinion. And they're entitled to their opinion. But when God speaks your name, it is not opinion. It is 100% true. He knows everything about you. He's factored all things and he still calls you holy. And he still calls you called out. And he still calls you a mighty man and a virtuous woman. He still does that. See, that's what would happen to these people. They would look into the eternities and they would hear God's opinion or truth about them. And it would change them. They would would run up onto the mountainside with 300 men and nothing but but lamps with fire in them and a huge massive war machine down in the valley. And this was their big game plan. Shatter the pitchers and yell. And they're like, are you sure that's going to work, Gideon? And Gideon said, it's going to work. Because I heard God say, I'm a mighty man of valor. I'll tell you something, if you can hear his voice, nothing will stop you. If you can hear him call you, exactly who you are, nothing will slow you down, nothing will stop you. And if something is slowing you down, you need to get shut away with God again and let him speak your name again. I love, Mo- I love Moses' conversation with God because Moses had no confidence, none whatsoever. He thought that he had wasted his whole life. He had missed his opportunities. It was all over. He's just trying to keep these sheep till he dies. And then God shows up and turns his world upside down, changes Israel's course of history forever. And I love, Moses kept asking this question. He kept saying, but who am I? Anybody ever asked that question? Who am I? But who am I? And this is God's response. Each time he would say, who am I? God would say, I am. That's the answer. That's the answer. But Lord, who am I? God said, I am. Hallelujah. See, that's what happens when you look into eternity and you see eternal things and you hear eternal things. You, you, you go in with the wrong question. You go in with the question of who am I? And God answers your wrong question with the right answer. I am. See, the, the, Moses finally got the question right when he said, who shall I say sent me? Then God said, now you're talking. Now you're wanting to know who I am. 
because I ain't, oh hallelujah, can I preach to you just for one moment? Because that voice that was in the bush that burned with fire but was not being consumed was referring to the, to the great I am. The great I am is the Christ who would come the Messiah. He had revealed to Moses the Messiah. There is a great I am. When Jesus stepped into the earth, he said, I am the bread of life. I am the good shepherd. I am the water of life. I am the light of the world. I am. I am he, hallelujah, which was and is and is to come the almighty. But way back in Moses' day, the voice in the fire looked at Moses and said, I am that great I am. The I am that's coming, the I am that's going to give his life for the sheep, the I am that'll be wounded and bruised and battered and chastised, smitten, stricken of God and afflicted. I am that I am. That's the I am that I am. Now you come out of a revelation like that and you'd walk into Pharaoh's court too with nothing but a staff. Let my people go. Let my people go. You got, the, you got this Egyptian empire surrounding you. They can execute you on the spot. It doesn't matter. I've seen eternal things. I said I've seen eternal things. I've heard eternal things. I'll turn this staff into a snake. I don't care if, you're, I don't care if your magicians can do the same thing. Mine will eat theirs up. Turn water into blood. I don't care if they can do the same thing. I am not here to compete with the artificial. I am here to do what God sent me to do. The artificial will have to try to keep up because I'm not stopping until I have accomplished what God told me to accomplish. Don't get your eyes on the artificial. Don't start looking at the fake. Hallelujah. Too many people, too many people get their eyes on the temporal. And they look over at the magicians and think, uh oh, the magicians don't believe what we believe. Uh oh, the magicians don't preach what we preach. Uh oh, the magicians don't teach it like we teach it. And they can do more than what we did. Look, we got one snake, they got two. Don't you change anything. You do what God told you to do. You let, you, let, you let the snake slither around for a little while. You just let it go for a little while. Don't pick it back up and get scared and run off. you got a revelation. You've seen eternal things. You've heard eternal things. You just let it be. You just watch and time will pass. And in time, the real, hallelujah, the real will overpower the artificial. You hear what I'm saying? I don't care how many snakes they've got. You let your snake slither around until the real overtakes the artificial. Hallelujah. When you're looking into the eternities, you're looking at what is real. When you're looking at what is seen with the natural eye, that's the artificial. That's why there are land fills filled with man-made contraptions and what God makes it doesn't it doesn't end up in a landfill it's it's renewable 
It just keeps renewing itself. See, the outward man perisheth, but the inward man is renewed day. Oh, hallelujah. Day by day. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord high, lifted up. His train filled the temple. And I saw the seraphims, the angels. And they, they spoke with one another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. The whole earth is full of His glory. You see, sometimes, sometimes we need some catalyst to somehow move us into the direction of seeing eternal things. We don't always see eternal things because we are so satisfied with temporal things. And if you become satisfied with temporal things, you will die. And you will die in eternal damnation. But if, if you will allow yourself to see eternal things, it will change the whole destiny of your life. Isaiah said it was in the year that King Uzziah died. It was in the year of a tragedy. It was in the same year where I was grieving. My friend, King Uzziah, was dead. It was in that year where I thought that, that, that something very significant was lost. It was in that time, that period, where, where I, I felt like too much had changed. I, I felt like life was changing course, and I didn't know what to do with that, and I didn't know how to handle that. But in that same year, that's not the only thing that happened, Brother Jordan. King Uzziah dying is not the only thing that happened. Because somewhere Isaiah shot himself away with God in the year King Uzziah died. And he said, yes, it was the year that King Uzziah died. But let me tell you something else that happened that year. I also saw the Lord. And he was high and lifted up. And his train filled the temple. Hallelujah. I don't know what has changed in your life. I don't know who has passed. I don't know what, what kind of problems you are going through. But I will tell you this is the perfect opportunity for you to shut yourself away into the presence of God. And also see the Lord. Don't just see your trouble. Don't just see your trial. Don't just see your problem. Also see the Lord. Hi. Lifted up his train, filling the temple, and the angel sang, Holy, 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 holy. See, if, you, if you're going around this world, there's a lot of change going on in our world right now. There are a lot of problems. There have been so many people pass away, folks. Names that I've heard of all my life. Names that have been in my world since I can remember. Names of good godly people. Pillars, bastions, warriors. And they're fading off of the scene. And you can sit around and you can, and you can grieve to the point of despair. Or you can say, okay, God, I'm, I've, I've seen the temporal things. And the temporal things are making me feel shaken right now. But let me see your glory. Let me see your power. Let me peer into the heavens and see you high and lifted up. 
Because even though King Uzziah may have died, the Lord is still high and lifted up. And even though there might be tragedy in your life, the Lord is still high and lifted up. And even though there may be grief to have, the Lord is still high and lifted up and His train still fills the temple. Ezekiel said, I was sitting by the river Shabar. And I was just, I was just sitting there meditating on the Lord, thinking about the goodness of God, you know, praying a little bit. Here we are in captivity, and, and all of a sudden, the heavens open. And I saw, this is Ezekiel's words, I saw visions of God. That's why Ezekiel's got a big old book. He had some stuff to write about. I saw visions of God. Now you, now you be careful who you're hearing visions from. You, you know, I'm, not, I'm not saying every vision comes from the Lord. These same prophets who saw visions said be careful because there are some who divine a vision. And it is not of God. The vision has to be in compliance with the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. But don't, don't misunderstand. It shall come to pass in the last days. Saith God. Saith God. Joel prophesied it, but it wasn't Joel who said it. God said it. I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You've become satisfied with what is temporal. You've become satisfied with getting by. You've learned how to be Pentecostal. You know what buttons to push to make the computer work. And you know how to make the robot clap. And you know how to make the robot cry. And you know how to make the robot shout when it's fast and cry when it's slow. God forbid you need an authentic Connection to God again. You need to go back to the old landmark and pray until the heavens open. You need to go back to the old landmark and pray until you see the Lord high and lifted up. You need to go back to the old landmark until you see a ladder fall out of heaven and you can see the glory of God at the top of the ladder. It's not just for Jacob. It's not just for Isaiah. It's not just for Ezekiel. It's for you. It's for you. It's for your children. It's for me. It's for the people who are made in His image. You can see visions of God and you can see the glory of God. See the eternal things. Oh, bless his name. Bless his name. One of the greatest prophets in the word of God. His name was Elijah. And, and whenever they talked about these various prophets, many times they would, they would call their name and then they would give their, their lineage. And, and, and the, in fact, they would say Joshua the son of Nun, for instance. And, 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 and so forth. It would just say their name and then the son of whoever they, they were the child of. My, my buddy in school used to read Joel chapter 1. He'd say, Joel, the son of brother and sister Urshan. But, but the Bible says of Elijah, Elijah was one of the inhabitants of Gilead. No lineage, no pedigree, no, no prophet dad, no prophetess mom. 
just somebody who lived in Gilead. Oh, but friend. Oh, but friend. Oh, but friend. God can speak to anybody who will listen. Oh, but friend, God can reveal himself to anybody who will see. I'm hearing, I'm thinking of the prophet Elisha as his life began to grow older. And he had his servant with him in the house. And the Syrian army compassed the house about with a great host of chariots and soldiers. And the servant woke up in the morning and saw it. And he ran to the prophet Elisha. And he said, oh, prophet Elisha, come out and see what has befallen us. We'll surely die. And Elisha walks out and he's rubbing his eyes. And, and uh, he's got his coffee in one hand, the newspaper in the other. And he looks outside. And then he looks at Gehazi and said, what's the problem? He said, what do you mean what's the problem? Don't you see the mountainside filled with chariots? And Elisha said, oh, you don't see it. You don't see what I see. He said, Lord, let my servant see what you have shown me. And all at once, the scales from his eyes were taken off. And he saw a greater number of chariots and soldiers and angelic hosts. So don't mind me when I dance through my trial. I see something you don't see. Don't mind the sister when she begins to worship God in the middle of her adversity. She hears something you don't hear. Hallelujah. Let the Lord open your eyes and let you see his glory in the mountains. Let the Lord open your eyes and let you see him high and lifted up. Let the Lord open your eyes and look past the temporal and see the eternal glory and power of God. This is what Paul told the church at Corinth. He said, you got to understand something. He said, we were troubled on every side, but we were not distressed. Yes, we were perplexed, but we were not in despair. Absolutely, we were persecuted, but we were not forsaken. We were cast down, but we were not destroyed. We were always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus. In our body, we were experiencing the death and the crucifixion of the Lord Jesus. But it was so that the life and the resurrection power of God would be manifest in our body. We which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake. That the life of Jesus might be manifest in our mortal flesh. So then death worketh in us so that life can work in you. He said, it's okay. I'm willing to be persecuted for your sake, cast down for your sake. That's how, that's how we as ministers have to think. We're willing to go through a trial so that somebody else can live. We having the same spirit of faith according as it is written, I believe, therefore have I spoken. For all things are for your sakes that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. It's for this cause that we faint not. And though our outward man perish, the inward man is renewed day by day. Our light affliction, don't even worry about it. It's but for a moment. And it works in us a far more exceeding 
and eternal weight of glory. We do not look at the things which are seen because those things are temporal. We look at the things that are not seen because those things are eternal. Hallelujah. God bless you, Sunday school teacher. Keep looking at the things which are eternal. God bless you, prayer warrior. Keep looking at the things that are eternal. God bless you, youth pastors. Keep looking at the things which are eternal. Don't look at the things which are temporal. This light affliction is but for a moment. This light affliction is but for a moment. But that which is working in us is working a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Glory. My God, I feel you, Jesus. I feel you, Jesus. I hear you, Jesus. I hear you, Jesus. I I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm here today because of some Sunday school teachers that wouldn't stop teaching. I'm here today because of some youth pastors that wouldn't stop preaching. I'm here today because of some prayer warriors that wouldn't stop praying. I'm here today because of some parents who wouldn't stop being faithful to God. I'm here today. I'm preaching and teaching the Word of God today because of people who saw eternal things. Hallelujah. And there have been people come to God in my ministry. I don't even know who they all are. But I know of some. And these Sunday school teachers never got to meet them. But when we all get to heaven, when we all get to heaven, I'm going to introduce them. I'm going to let them meet one another and say, you heard the gospel because I preached something they put in my heart. Don't you see the things that are are temporal? See the things which are eternal. Hallelujah. I know you're tired. That, that's going to pass. This light affliction will be but for a moment. Hallelujah. But there's something working in you. It's exceeding. It's far exceeding. It's far exceeding and eternal a weight of glory. Hallelujah. If you believe it, just lift your hands and receive it right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. If you believe it, lift your hands and receive it in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, bless his name, bless his name, bless his name, bless his name. Woo! Glory to the God of our salvation. Glory to the God of our salvation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, bless him. Hallelujah. Oh, bless him. Come on, look into his, look into his face. Look into the glory of God. Look into the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. Look into eternal things. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. The Bible calls him the perpetual sin offering. The Bible says he was the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Hallelujah. He is eternal. He is eternal. He is eternal. To the only wise God. Eternal. Immortal. <laughs> I praise you, Lord. Can I get the redeemed of the Lord to praise him with me right now? I praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Come on, somebody stand with me right now and say, Lord, I want to see your face again. Lord, I want to see you again. 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 Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. You know, there are, there are times, there are times where God will cause you simply to walk by faith. And that's how we walk. We don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. And, and, and you'll go through seasons of really not even feeling him. How many have been through those seasons where you just didn't even feel him? And you thought something was wrong with you or maybe something was wrong with your connection to God or something. But, but, but God allows those seasons of time to take place so that, so that we will step away from a particular area we've been in and, and into a deeper walk with Him, a deeper dimension of seeing Him and knowing Him. And, and, and I've learned that if we will get real with God, He will be real to us. One of the reasons why you haven't heard from him in a while, I'm going to throw this out there, and let's just see if it applies. I've just seen many cases where somebody didn't hear from him for a while. They want to. They need to. But they've not taken the time to sit down and block out everything around them and just pour their heart out to him and say things that just are in their heart. Don't be afraid to say, God, why? With an open Bible. Don't be afraid to say, God, what does this mean? Don't be afraid to say, let me hear you. Let me see you. Speak, Lord, to my soul. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Because I'm going to tell you that God, hallelujah, He hears that cry. That's what He responds to. And that's what He's been waiting for you to say. And He's been waiting for you to say it with that sincerity for a while. I wonder if we could take a moment right now. Just everybody, just, just do that. Just call out to Him right now. Just call out to Him right now. Hallelujah. Just go ahead. Just go ahead and call out to him right now. Hallelujah. You need him. And he's here. Oh, bless his name. If you want to come forward, these altars are open. You know that. These altars are open. I want, I want, you, I want you to come. I say, God, I really need to hear you. God, I don't understand. And I need to see the eternal things because the temporal things are confusing me. I'm seeing, I'm seeing temporal things, Lord. I'm seeing people pass and it, it hurts. I'm seeing blessings that are withheld and I'm not sure why. Lord, I need, I need to see something eternal. I need to feel it. I need to hear it. I, I need you to speak to me, Lord. Come on, that's it. There's a sweet spirit of God in this house. I need to see the eternal things, Lord. Help me get my eyes on what is right.
and what is true. Help me get my eyes on what is right and what is true. Somewhere I've let something confuse my thinking, but Lord, let me get my eyes on something that's right, something holy, something true. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. As we wait, <laughs> seek your face. Come and make your throne upon our praise. Here in this place, have your way. The moment that we see. Show us your glory, you show us your glory. 